Magic Podcast. My name is Nelson, and with me tonight are my two buddies, Schnell and Teach. How are you guys doing? Uh, I'm good now because it's sandwich time. Oh, <laughs> nothing like a post EDH sandwich. <laughs> nothing like a post EDH sandwich. It's true. Untap upkeep sandwich. New game so, phase. Tell Mark. Tell Mark Rosewater. <laughs> so tell me, sandwich artist, how did this? How did this EDH game? Okay, so <laughs> like, I'm I'm running uh, Hannah, ship's navigator, uh, Azorius, blue white. Uh, she is a three drop. So I do nothing for the first three turns of the game, other than play land, say go. Turn three, I finally played um, Trinket Mage. So I searched out my one drop Didgeridoo because. Hannah, ship's navigator, oh, is actually that? Uh, it's actually my no minotaurs included minotaur tribal deck. Nice. So everything in the deck, uh, it's a lot of enchantment based stuff, uh, but it tutors out my didgeridoo and my arcane adapta- adaptation and turns everything into a minotaur. Oh God, my wife is calling. <laughs> We're recording. I'm gonna have to call you back. Your wife rocks so hard. Okay, love you. Bye. Hi, Becca. Hey, Becca. And muted like a bad husband would do. <laughs> so anyway, yes, uh, my Hannah Tribal deck is no Minotaurs, Minotaur Tribal, and I use Didgeridoo and Arcane Adaptation to just pull off like stupid shenanigans with absurd creatures that I can flash in for three. But... Uh, Turn five, I get out Didgeridoo, I've got uh, my Trinket Mage that I use to get Didgeridoo, and Hannah hits the field. And then, some a-hole plays Flash Fires, and Is that destroys... a-hole sitting next to you right now? What's that? Is no, it, it wasn't even Teej, it was oh, Mr. Okay. Hurley. Oh. Old man Dwight. <laughs> old man old man Hurley. Yeah, so he plays Flash Fires and destroys all planes, looking at Teej's board, which he has no planes, <laughs> and I have four planes in an island... <laughs> So I just get put back to one goddamn land. And I'm like, what? He's like, well, I got him last game with that. So I was like, maybe he had some of those, you know, lands account for two. And just like, neat. So I was a non-factor in that game for the longest time. Uh, the Rakdos player was playing Mogus and doing all of his, like, oh, during your upkeep, you take two or sacrifice a creature. So I'm constantly hitting you and I'm getting Mogus out and putting on equipment and stuff and getting him ready to swing. And Teej is playing his goddamn Avengers deck and they assembled hard. <laughs> oh my <They> god. <laughs> but thankfully, uh, I, I managed to rebuild my, my mana base. I dropped Peregrine Drake and flickered it on the turn it hit the field, so I got Zapalta, the 4-8, all the keywords dinosaur, and that thing ended up winning me the game at the very, very end because I put Godsend on it, and Teej <laughs> and his Aluru Avengers had been fighting Mogus down to the point where they were both like one swing away. Teej killed the Mogus player, and then on my next turn, uh, I could swing with a 7-11 double strike trample vigilance haste and as soon as you block it your creature gets exiled so i somehow came back from flash fires all my god then all my planes away to win that game <laughs> it was so much fun it was so much fun and i want to go back to this uh, mr hurley flash fires thing <laughs> and how he quote unquote got me with it last last game uh, that game I was playing Rith the Awakener. Uh, turn one, I played Reese the Redeemed. Uh, turn two, I played a land, and I played 
uh, what's it called? Cryptolith Rites. So all mm. my creatures can tap for any mana. And then I don't remember what I played turn three, but it's I used Reese. Stuff. I used Reese to make a token. Then Mr. Hurley plays Flashfire, and he destroys my Sacred Foundry and my uh, Temple Garden. So he got you good. So he got Ooh. he got two yeah. Shocklands. <laughs> there you go. But I already had tokens, and I was getting mana anyway. Then he played Winter Orb, so I could only untap one land. But I'm doubling all my tokens each turn and still have all the mana. Oh but he did get me that time. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got me trying to get you a second time. <laughs> you got God. Oh, my God. Yes. Good games. Yeah, and then Aluru friggin' going through and just, up oh, three damage to all nine white creatures. Because I had... Um, perplexing chimera out and i'm like sweet i'm gonna get something super helpful and it's gonna be great and then Deej swings and just board wipes everything and like ah i don't deserve to play this game anymore <laughs> well and <laughs> mr hurley forgot it was what it did when it was on the table in front of him and the mogus player forgot what it did mogus player gave me that one enchantment where i have to choose something at the beginning of each cup captive audience he gave you. yes which was great, because uh, uh, as soon as he started tapping, he's like, I'm, I'm spending a lot. I'm casting something big. I'm like, am I going to want it? He goes, no, <laughs> no. you're not going to want it. <laughs> I'm he... not perplexing Chimera, a captive audience. This is not my first day at EDH camp. <laughs> <laughs> but he gave it to me. So the first one I chose was, everyone gets 5-5, five, five, or 2-2-5, two, 5-2-2 two, five, five, two, two black zombies. Oros, three damage each non-white creature. <laughs> Exile this enchantment. Which Thanks. the Mogus player, again, was nice enough to supply everyone with five 2-2 two, two black zombie creature tokens. And it's just great because he goes through his box and he gets out all the tokens and everyone gets their tokens set up. And then he just goes, okay, they're all dead. And see you later. Put them back in the box. <laughs> then Mr. Hurley forgot that thing was out and he played endless... No. The one that makes 13 zombies. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, is that the from the floorboards or beneath the floorboards? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he he plays that and makes all the zombies. And he goes through getting 13 zombies <laughs> and setting so them all up. Many. Passes the turn. I wipe them all. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't feel bad because it was right there. There were a, ro- a lot of really dumb plays, though, in that game. <laughs> there were. You and I each had one that immediately comes to mind. Because... I attacked Tiege with uh, Zabalta before I had Godsend on, and uh, he used Mystifying Maze to exile it and return to the battlefield tapped. And I went, shit. And then on his next turn, destroy target tap creature. It's indestructible. Shit. <laughs> and then on my turn, uh, Zabalta swings, Mystifying Maze, exile your creature, comes back to play tapped. Shit. <laughs> Just a lot of wasted turns, a lot of wasted triggers. Yeah, oh, we are. But it was such a fun. It was. Game. It, it was, was a good game. Fantastic. So, Nelson, what have you been up to, magic related, in the like year and a half since we've last recorded? <laughs> Sat down and talked about it. Yeah. Um, just a lot of messing around on arena. I played the brawl event, and it's still one on one brawl, which <laughs> isn't that great. I was really happy when they banned Oko in it, though, because <laughs> in the event that was all you ran into, um, and it was annoying. But I yeah, up- but I feel like it's really nice that you can take a break from draft and standard and just play Brawl whenever you want, right? Yes, absolutely. It, it is was a because- joke, because you can only do it on Wednesdays. Wait, seriously? 
Oh yeah, you guys oh, didn't yeah, know right. that. No, yeah, I haven't played. No, yeah, I have oh, not right. touched Arena in. I wasn't yes. thinking. I wasn't thinking that specifically. Yeah, it's only Wednesdays. Oh, you can only play on Wednesdays. <laughs> yes. Thank yes. God they banned Oko then in Arena on, on online only. I'm sorry, only Arena, not even MTG yes. online. Trust me, that <laughs> yeah, joke was right. hilarious for the Magic community. Yeah, for the Arena community. <laughs> I guess. Except Nelson, who plays Arena the most and doesn't know that. <laughs> no, I think he said he knew it. He just didn't, I knew it. I just I wasn't click. thinking about that fact. That, yeah, yeah, at the yeah. time, I didn't well, realize Teed was leading me into a joke. And I'm I'm still well done. The, I'm still at the point now where uh, I now have uh, a Pioneer deck. I'm working on a second Pioneer deck. I've got a super competitive uh, popper deck. I've got a backup popper deck and a third one in the works and a standard deck and a second standard deck in the works. And I've got three or four good modern decks and three dozen EDH decks and two legacy decks. I do not have time for arena. Like (laughs) I, I just don't want to like, okay, pick one thing and spend six weeks clicking aggressively to try and build that deck. <laughs> yeah. No. I already have the cards. I can flip the cardboard in my hands. So many goddamn decks. Stop making formats. <laughs> <laughs> There's just way too much. Uh, but yeah, I played Kethis in that event, and that was a ton of fun. I literally just filtered uh, by Legendary, <laughs> and anything <laughs> that had Legendary in its in its name uh, that fit Abzan colors, I was like, ooh, this looks like it could be fun. And it turned out to be a pretty fun deck. I had a lot of fun with it and uh, completed the event. But other than that, just they, they also had, uh, God, what's it called? Artisan, where it's standard, but only commons and uncommons. They just ran that. That ended yesterday or the day before. Um, and that was fun. What did I play in that? Oh, um, Dimir Control. That was pretty fun. It, with with a, like a mill sub theme. I was so going to ask if it's was... Dimir Mill because that's, that's still my favorite. Anything that can be blue-black mill is blue-black mill right now. <laughs> got it in standard, uh, yeah. got it in modern. Yep, might, exactly. might try that's, and force it into Pioneer. That's how I've been doing it, too. Anything I can play with Mill right now, I'm just hard on that Mill train. <laughs> or <laughs> that MILF train. You can't Whoa. say hard on the internet. <laughs> um, <laughs> hard on. <laughs> no, I said you can't. Oh. That's, uh, that's been about it, though. Uh, although I'm really excited for what we're going to talk about when we get into the the meat of this here uh the big the big changes coming for commander as a format in 2020 but before we actually talk about those things and i want to know what you guys think about them i want Tej to spill the beans on his commander extravaganza down in chicago oh yeah because uh, was that was that uh, was <laughs> as that burst through the wall <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> no, I went to Chicago Fest or Chicago Fest, <laughs> Chicago <laughs> Fest Commander. <laughs> uh, I I went to Command Fest Chicago, uh, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I only went for Saturday, but I spent almost the entire time there playing. Uh, it just so happened to be my wedding anniversary we- weekend, so uh, my lovely wife was there, and she played a little bit with me. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but uh, near the end of the evening, we had to, uh, uh, we got to go do anniversary. <laughs> so. We had to copulate. It's important. <laughs> um, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, they uh, they had vendors set up. They had a, a prize wall because you could do events where you earn prize tickets. 
um, just for signing up, depending on the package you got, I got, uh, well, I shouldn't say I got, uh, my wife and I both had one day passes, so we each got one voucher we could cash in for some sort of event. Um, and I just did, uh, I just did two, uh, pickup games where we got four prize tickets for just playing in a game, but they had, uh, Twitter Giant, they had Pinata EDH, which it's just you can attack your opponent or you can attack the pinata that has a certain amount of hit points and when you break the pinata open uh there are effects you get triggers or something or other it benefits you if you pop the pinata candies uh, candies <laughs> yeah. uh, leftover halloween candy <laughs> there was another one that i would have tried uh but i didn't get to it quick enough it was like like fast edh um i think you play as many lands as you want uh there were rules i don't remember all of them but it seemed like it would go <laughs> there were rules I don't remember. a little quicker than a normal game um so my goal was to play every deck that i brought at least once uh and i didn't quite get it there uh but i played a lot of EDH. I played a bunch of different games. Um, I actually that's awesome. Took some down. Uh, Stalling. There we go. Uh, the uh, the first game we played, it was my wife and I. Um, I played Solengar. She only played Azuri. She has this elf deck she really really likes. Uh, so we played against this nice couple. It was a good game. Uh, she won that game. Uh, my wife with Azuri. <clears throat> Uh, she trampled us all out. Uh, the second game I played, uh, <clears throat> I played a, a, a Riff game against a, one of the players had a Reese the Redeemed deck. So there were two token decks. Um, yeah, you had the same decks, but yours has Lisp. Mine has Lisp. <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny joke. That's, um, that's, that's a good one. Sorry. <laughs> This is a game. This is a game that I could have won. Uh, I, I, I started out strong. I had Earthcraft as a turn two play. Um, I had Reese as a turn one play. So I would make tokens. Then I can use Earthcraft to untap basic lands. I had uh, uh, what's he called? Um, when a creature with power two or less enters, you can pay one if you do draw a card. Mentor of the Meek. Oh, yes. Um, so I threw that down. Then I could make a token, trigger Mentor of the Meek, tap the token to draw a card. Um, but then uh, got Rith down, uh, swung with Rith, made like 12 Sapperling tokens, uh, and immediately tapped them all to draw 12 cards. Uh, but that was the last big play of the game that I did because the kid, uh, the the Reese player had his kid there who was like a 16 or 17, so it wasn't like a kid kid. But as we were sitting down to play this game, he was complaining to his dad about the last game he played where one where they all thought they were playing their casual decks and one guy said, oh yeah, this deck is super casual uh, and then just waffle stomped everyone. Um and the kid didn't like that, so I didn't... I, I realized, after drawing 12 cards, what I was doing, and decided to pull back a little bit. 
Mid Waffle Stomp. Mid Waffle Stomp. <laughs> Just, no. uh, Maybe I shouldn't. Who won that game? Um, the the Reese the Redeemed player ended up winning that game. Um, so uh, another game I played. I played my Corval deck uh, a bunch of times. I think I'm going to change it. I'm not. Uh, it's not doing what I want to consistently enough. I think it needs to be tweaked up a little bit. So I might go back to one of my original ideas for it. Um, I played uh, my Planeswalker deck, which lost handily. This was another game where someone misrepresented the power level of their deck. Uh, th- uh, my wife played this game, and there were two Azuri decks. Uh, and he said his was a super casual Azuri deck. Uh, to which he drops down two fetch lands and a Gaia's Cradle, uh, and he won that game handily. Um, oh, this game. I remember I remember this game. I wanted to talk about this game. Um, I want your guys' honest opinion on how this game went, uh, because I don't think that I was a bad guy, but I'm willing to admit if I was, <laughs> if you guys think I was the bad guy here. Uh, the last game I played of the night, it was supposed to be, um, uh, they said they wanted to play, when you get a, when you get your badge, you have these ribbons you can attach to it, uh, green decks are, if you just, or green ribbons, if you just want to play casual, uh, red ribbons, if you want to play competitive, uh, and then there are yellow ribbons that are for casual or competitive, uh, or... Uh, yellow if you're like this is kind of casual kind of competitive like a more well-tuned synergistic deck um, so we all sat down and we want and we decided we were going to do like a yellow level decks so one guy played the new egg commander atla uh, who shits out eggs um, <laughs> one guy played lord windgrace comes out of the cloaca but continue what <laughs> <laughs> doesn't shit it out it comes out of cloaca oh <laughs> uh yes uh one guy played lord windgrace uh one guy played raph captuchin uh where he just flashes out every legendary thing that he can um and i played my niv mizzet deck so as soon as i show that i'm playing niv mizzet uh the atla player and the Windgrace player, uh, they were friends, they were there together, they knew each other, but they, they both looked at Niv-Mizzet, and they were like, oh no, Niv-Mizzet. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. It's not that kind of Niv-Mizzet deck. Uh, there are no two-card infinite combos in this deck. Uh, I'm not going to win with Laboratory Maniac, or just assembling a two-card thing. <laughs> Curiosity. Yeah, not, yeah, it's not that deck. It's not that deck. It's wheels. And they're like, oh, okay. So we play this game. Um, I am. Uh, I played out uh, something that's doing one damage to each opponent every time I play an instant or sorcery. Uh, I get Niv-Mizzet out, and I'm dividing damage up equally, so everyone is taking the same amount of damage, but it's little increments here and there. Uh, whereas Lord Windgrace is pooping out uh, landfall tokens... <clears throat> Uh, Atlas doing crazy things with eggs. Raf Capuchin is doing some pretty cool, fancy, flashy, legendary stuff. So it seemed to be a good game. Uh, but like I said, it was anniversary weekend, and by the end of the game, we had been playing for well over an hour. 
And the last play I make of the game is I tap all of my mana to set up the board. Uh, then I play show and tell, and I put out omniscience. And as soon as I put out omniscience, one of the other guys is like, "You liar! It is one of those Niv Mizzet decks." <laughs> I'm like, "No." I can't win with what I have in my hand. The game's not over. I'm not going to combo out. It's just a way for me to play my wheels. So then they start grumbling a little bit, and I end up winning because I can wheel and wheel and wheel, and, and finally I get everyone down. But it wasn't a guarantee. It wasn't like an infinite combo. It was blah, blah, blah. So they're packing up their stuff, and I'm like, good game, good game, good game. Uh, these two guys are packing up their stuff. And I'm like, guys, seriously... Do you think I misrepresented the power of this deck? Do you think do you think I lied to you? And they're like, yeah, I think I, I I think your deck is stronger than you led us to believe. And that was it. And they got up and walked away. So the last guy there, he was a really cool guy. Um, he was a game store owner too uh, in Waukesha. Maybe we we don't all know each other. Well, I know. I wasn't <laughs> asking you. That oh, was okay. more. <laughs> That was more me trying to remember where this guy was from. Uh, but, so, I'm asking him, I was like, what do you think? Do you think I was wrong with my deck? Uh, and he's like, no, no, uh, but omni people don't like Omniscience. Uh, maybe you should replace that card with Dream Halls. So I looked up Dream Halls, and it's... Dream Halls, in my opinion, can be more fucking explosive than... Omniscient. Omniscient. Yeah, like, it can be. Yeah, because it's also cheaper to get out. Yes. Isn't it only a five drop? It's a five drop. Yeah. But it's an effect that everyone can take advantage to. Any player <clears throat> can can discard a card that shares a color with a spell they want to cast yeah. instead of paying the mana cost. So he says it's a little more fair because everyone can take advantage of it. Um, so, yeah. I, I mean, I see his point, but... I, I honestly don't think that I was in the wrong there. I think maybe those other guys overreacted, but what do you guys think? Was I wrong? I agree um, with you, Teej. I think that they overreacted. I mean, yeah, it sounds probably like a little bit, but it's also based on the experiences that they had. No, that's totally and true. I have absolutely seen it over and over again where everyone has their own thresholds for... This is not a competitive deck. This is a competitive deck. Blah blah blah. And like there are kids who are slapping together two like welcome decks and three <laughs> booster packs, going, "Yeah, man, I'm pretty competitive." <laughs> and then there are guys with like, "Oh, I can win on turn four, but it's just a fun sort of casual thing." So yeah. Well, and if it's the end of the day, and these guys their decks aren't performing the way they thought they were or whatever, and they're kind of, like, on tilt, then, you know, maybe you definitely caught them at a bad time. Yeah, that's that's the thing. They but, weren't. Every, it was a really close game. Sure. The, I like, think that Omniscience is easy enough. I mean, you've if you've got a good EDH deck, you've got ways to handle enchantments. So, I yeah, mean, it's not, it's not like, like Omniscience like is an I unfair card. I tapped out for everything. I had, and that doesn't mean much when you're playing Omniscience, but... Right, and you said uh, from the beginning, like, I, you know, no, this deck wheels, but that's it, <laughs> you know, like... <coughs> Excuse so, me, yeah. I mean, you, I you told them you told them from the beginning that there are there are ways to wheel, and if you just happen to fall into a way to continuously wheel, that's just the way it goes. That's the way. That's what the deck was designed to do. But right, I also, and like you said, I didn't want to like be the guy some... that misrepre misrepresented the power level of the deck. 
Yeah, but it's not like you assembled some infinite combo on turn three and then just locked everybody out of the game and won yeah. because you're you comboed off and that was it. So I don't think you I don't think you necessarily misrepresented the strength of the deck. Well good. Good. I don't want to for, be that guy. For what it's worth, buddy, I think you're safe. Thanks, man. <laughs> you um, got it. Yeah. Well anyway, yeah, in the end, uh Command Fest was a great time. Um Awesome. I don't think it's going to be in Chicago every year. I think it's going to be one of those that bounces around. Uh, but I would definitely go back. I would like to spend an entire weekend there instead of just one day. Um, but, oh, like I was telling Chanel, I learned a lot. Like, I played a lot of EDH. And I learned a lot because I played so much in such a short time. Um, it it reaffirmed Rift the Awakener as my favorite deck. That's the one I like to play most of the time. Um uh and i really uh like i found myself i don't i i think i'm leaning away from the more combo-y plays uh i think i'm starting to hit a point where i'm over that uh rith is more interactive planeswalkers are annoying but that deck is also more interactive than other things uh niv-mizzet can be interactive uh but it's not like infinite combo, like I said. It seems to be more fair than other things. Uh, so yeah, it was a great experience. Um, hopefully, we can all do it again, like together. That would be friends. awesome. I'm I'm getting to the point where I can maybe have somebody else covering the shop for more than like one day at a time here and there. But we're getting there. Baby, yeah, that would be baby, a ton baby of steps, and then yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good uh, a good spot to to transition. So, Wizards last week announced uh, some big sweeping changes to Commander as far as how they're supporting the product, and yeah. that's awesome because we all love to play EDH. I would go so far. I mean, I don't want to speak for you guys, but it's probably the most popular format in this group. I would assume, right? Huh? I like it the best. I mean, Chanel, do you do you have? Do you prefer? Do you prefer like modern, or I know you play a lot more modern. It, it depends on what day of the week we're on, honestly. Because <laughs> sure, that's fair. Uh, like my my shop, we alternate. Uh, like Mondays, we alternate between modern and popper. Uh, I've I've loved modern for a long time because even stupid decks can run well in modern because there's so many options. Um, we haven't reached the point now, especially with the you know like recent bannings and even bannings in years past. We've gotten to the point where it's it's a fair format overall. There's plenty of answers, there's plenty of combos, there's plenty of things to do. It is just a lot of magic to go through. Uh, Pauper has been fun because of its restrictions, and it's basically like Legacy Light at this point. And I, the store took in a mono black deck for Pauper that somebody had in their collection that... Uh, was slightly illegal because they were still running him to, him to Turox and those were those are banned in Popper now. I don't think they were originally when he built the deck, but it was a while ago. But anyway, so I was tweaking the mono black deck to make that more of a competitive store deck, and then I was looking for an N64 controller in my attic a few weekends ago before you and I went up north, and I found an Oubliette <laughs> in my attic laying on a bench That's awesome. of just random magic cards, and I went, huh. This is like a thirty or forty dollar un- or common, and it's super good and popper. <laughs> this is going in my in my uh, mono black deck, and I don't think I've lost with that deck in an event yet. Like I've lost match, I've lost games, but not matches. Nice. And like anytime somebody's like, "Oh yeah, my deck's pretty good," I'm like, "Okay, we'll play." <laughs> Boom, 
<laughs> Gary Gary shows up and Oubliette says he's even more powerful now. Answer your thing. Get two two more for Gary. Gary, Gary, he's our man. <laughs> he can't do it. Another Gary on the next turn can. <laughs> That's some real devotion right there. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, but no, honestly, it, I like EDH except for time constraints. Sure. Um, but EDH is probably my favorite thing to just throw decks together. And I literally have like three or four dozen decks that I've built, plus precons that I've never disassembled or done anything with just so that I have them. And every time a new set comes out, I always try to get at least one of each deck to keep and then one of each deck for parts. And I just keep brewing and building and making piles of cards and eventually shuffling in a soul ring and a sensei's divining top and some land. And then I have another deck ready to go, which is where dumb Hannah came from. (laughs) (laughs) So... It is definitely the most fun format to uh, brew decks for, in my it, opinion. I it, can definitely get behind that. It, in its very nature, allows for stupid combinations of things or stupid themes, which yeah makes me really happy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like so, my like my my motto right now has been pimp that garbage <laughs> because my standard <laughs> deck is blue black mill, and it is one of the most expen like every expensive version of cards that I can get. I have in there, like I've got all promo. Uh, stamped lands. I've got foil versions of all the stupid, like the uh, what is it? The one drop overwhelmed apprentice. I've got a full play set oh, of those in there. Yeah, I love that card. <laughs> just, just yeah, it's like a nickel card. Uh, we'll make it like a dollar now because it's foil. <laughs> just pimp that garbage. Oh, it's fun. I love all the new cheap blue mill cards from Throne of Eldraine. Well, the biggest thing is they're putting bodies on the mill cards, and that's mills. Big, like biggest shortcoming has always been I'm trying to like I'm giving you a 33 hit point head start and I'm not focusing on the battlefield at all yeah. and now they're starting to put it with okay comes into play mill effect and a blocker so you can actually maintain board presence while you're trying to you know go through their 50 card hit point pile there yeah, and there's good variety in it too. Like the apprentice is a one-two, but like the merfolk is, is zero-four. Just like the uh, um, wall of lost thoughts, uh, you know, and other mill uh, standard legal mill cards right now. So I'm very happy with what they're doing because yeah. I love to just, you know, mess with people. Uh, whether it's like discard effects or mill effects, it's a ton of fun <laughs> to just kind of screw up your whole. Merfolk Seeker Keeper is my favorite, and I keep drafting it every time we draft. And oh, I just absolutely. keep like, I'm going to do something else this draft. Merfolk Seeker Keeper, I'm going blue, <laughs> black, male. <laughs> <mill. laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, like we were saying, Commander's hugely popular with the three of us, the groups we play in. And uh, to to really wrap up what, what Gavin Vary said on the Wizards website, I made three points that they've kind of... Um, noticed or whatever i mean it took them long enough when in the hell did this become like a sanctioned format how many years ago um just like a couple yeah too long ago well i mean when they so when did they first print the first commander product that was what oh, oh 11 8 oh 11 okay. okay so so at least I would, I would guess so 13, that was when they started that's when wizards like, officially started printing for uh the format and since then they've noticed that according to them there's a huge appetite for commander players need reprints uh, but more interestingly, I thought uh, people are learning through Commander. So, you know, a lot of times Commander seems like this. It can be this overpowered, you know, 
highly competitive format, or it can be a really fun kitchen table casual format. Uh, but it's interesting to hear that a lot of people are, are learning through Commander, and I think that speaks to the, the popularity of the format um, and just how good it is. But because of those reasons, Wizards decided that they are not just upping the Commander ante, but they are... Just Ante's not going... legal anymore. I was going to say, can we bring Ante back? Because I dug out my old 250 deck and <laughs> I found should, like my Jewel Bird and Contract from below Ante and back. stuff. Um, they're, they're completely flipping the, the the way they're doing Commander products, starting with um, Ikoria when that comes out. Ikoria, Ikoria, Ikoria. I don't know. How are you guys pronouncing that one? Ikoria. I think it's I. Ikoria. I. Okay, Ikoria. All right. So kind of like Kiora, but not at all. Never mind. um so every year wizards gives us the 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 one-off shot of of pre-con commander decks um and now they're kind of splitting it up the way they're doing it so instead of releasing them all as one group uh they are doing this year they're doing five commander decks instead of four uh with 71 brand new cards which is more than any other commander set released and when you got 20 in the last batch 20 new cards uh yep yeah, it was not a lot for how many cards they printed. No. Well, and instead of instead of uh, what was it August this year, September this year, it was in when August. Commander came out. Yeah. Okay, they're releasing they're releasing Commander twenty twenty uh, along with Ikoria, uh, Layer of Behemoths uh, in April. So we don't even have to wait that long to get a whole new influx of of Commander decks. No. Um, so the interesting thing is all the new cards are set on the world of Ikoria, except for the reprints, which can obviously um, be from anywhere. Uh, the the new 71 cards new cards are not going to be found in draft boosters. They are not cards from the rest of the Ikoria set. They were made just for Commander. So what do you guys what do you guys think about that? Uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we had the big Commander 2019 release, and it's only going to be a few short months until all of a sudden commander 2020 hits us and there's going to be five decks. So what do you guys, what do you guys think about that? As long as the releases are spaced out enough, because like, especially this past go around with modern horizons and core 20 and latest commander, like everything felt like it was just coming out like, okay, we got pre-release this weekend and then commander this weekend and then the next weekend. And everyone was just tired and poor yeah, <laughs> I think they. I think they actually solve that though, or at the very least, it's going to feel different than it did. Okay, uh, because uh, we haven't gotten there yet. But even like these commander sets are coming out with Akoria, uh, and then the, the next ones I assume we're going to talk about are coming out with with Zendikar, and those ones are replacing the Planeswalker decks. Okay, so yep. they're supplemental with the standard set instead of being their own thing. And are they doing that to bring it like are they brawl legal then as well? Is that what they're are they gonna keep are they gonna keep pushing brawl on us? Not a hundred percent sure. They, okay. haven't, they haven't announced that. Yeah, they but haven't the, really said their plans the for that. New, yet. The uh, the new commander cards aren't gonna be brawl legal because okay. those are those are etern- those are eternal format cards. Yep, exactly. They won't be standard cards. So I I'm really excited for it, and you know one of the things that I thought of was, wow, this makes a lot more sense for me instead of, you know, like obviously sitting down to draft is one thing, but buying, you know, booster boxes for standard, uh, a format that I don't even really play. Uh, this is just probably a way 
to spend my money that makes more sense as far as the kind of magic player I am when it comes to paper magic. So I'm excited to have a more regular release, I guess, of um, different kinds of products that are more applicable to the format that I play the most and that I enjoy the most. So I guess my question to you, Schnell, in that sense would be, you know, as a game store owner, obviously, like you said, there are things that go into it. How is it spaced out? You know, things like that. But, you know, do you think that this is going to have any effect on standard product? Or do you think that this is going to be kind of a a nice compliment for those players who focus more so on Commander? Um, Honestly, I don't know anyone who only plays a single format of magic like sure. especially when commander is concerned it's usually i play modern and edh or i like popper and standard you know so the fact that they're joining format releases in this way i don't think it's going to affect people as much where they have to choose one or the other because there's definitely uh, like a different crowd will buy the commander decks versus the ones who only buy singles. But having everything kind of together and not overwhelming, I think for like from a store standpoint, I'm a little concerned as far as like my numbers because I've you know I'm a year into this business now and I'm finally reached the point where yeah I know roughly how many boxes I should be getting with my with my releases and I know how many I should get on the pre releases and when products change and they like change ms well they got rid of msrp entirely which i i'm pissed off and i keep like laughing at some people (laughs) for the brawl decks that came out where they was like yeah uh my you know my local walmart had them so now i'm selling them for like 50 bucks or the people whose game stores were charging like 30 or 40 a piece because they were short run well no, because they got rid of MSRP and nobody knows they were supposed to be twenty bucks a piece. Even when I was pre-selling them at twenty dollars, somebody's like, "Is that right?" Yeah, and I'm like, "That's what my invoice figures out to be." And they're like, "Yeah, because this like this website has them for like forty a piece." And I'm like, "No, it says eight per display and divide the cost by yeah, no, it should be twenty. So getting rid of MSRP, I I feel has hurt the players lately, and. And basically, with new product coming out and less of a baseline comparison, I'm just worried that something's going to be short print run and people are going to get ripped off on buying it because they didn't have access to, you know, this website or that game store or something else. So that is my main concern overall with new stuff coming out and no established MSRP and no baseline comparison. Yeah. From the financial aspect, I don't want people to spend way too much money on stuff. Sure. I, sure. I try to get as much money out of people as I can, but That's why you're, fairly. You're one of the good ones. I do my best. Yeah, right, <laughs> you almost exactly. gave me my Brawl deck for free. I, I almost did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't gouging the hell out of them like some people No, were, I was charging you know. what would have been MSRP. So people were right. getting decks for $20 plus local tax. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh so, TG had just mentioned this. Uh, another thing that's happening uh, is with Zendikar Rising. Like you said, they're getting rid of the the Planeswalker decks uh, and supplementing them with the the new Commander decks, which are going to be geared towards uh, new players. Um, and kind of the, you know, that's that's going to be the onboarding for people who are learning through Commander, uh, like we had mentioned earlier. So, uh, <clears throat> I'm just trying to find the specifics here. So. I think Let's these see. ones only have like twenty new cards between the two of them. 
I'm all yeah, on board so... with getting rid of Planeswalker decks because I only sell them to people who have no idea what's going on, which is yeah. like little little kids. <laughs> little and kids. Yeah. They're, uh, when, they, when they dropped them down to one booster pack and made them cheaper, those it was even harder for me to get rid of. Uh, they brought back, thankfully, the two booster packs, but I only sold them during pre-release when people go, eh, yeah, I want to get some more packs. Yeah. Like, that's that's the only time they sell right to regular Magic players, and maybe I go through two or three throughout the entire run of a set for just random kids going, I want to get into this Magic thing. What's cool? I'm like, well, these are starter decks. And they're like, okay. So they have a deck to go, but honestly... The welcome decks are just better, and I've been steering more people towards them. I'm like, here, if you just want to learn how to play, get the starter deck, then buy some boosters or buy some singles once you kind of know what's going on. The starter deck just gives you a 60 card. The welcome deck gives you a 60 card deck, too. Yeah, so right. for a number of years, uh, Wizards was discouraging EDH as the format to start new players in. Um, because they thought it was too complicated because of the, the complex interactions you can have. and, and Yeah, it's an eternal format. Of, it's a lot yeah, to learn, right? The lack of support and everything. But what they found is most new players get introduced to that anyway because uh, it's such a popular format. Uh, when, when people see their Magic-playing friends playing, they're playing Commander. And yep. that's actually how people have been learning, even though Wizards thought it was a bad idea so finally they got uh some people telling them mm, this is how people are learning how to play the magic they're not using your planeswalker decks the magic edh did i say the magic you said, oh. yes, you learning to play the magic oh <laughs> um, this is how they are gathering yes uh, so they so finally they decided uh get rid of Planeswalker decks and, and get things people are going to want. So they're doing uh, they're doing the, the EDH decks, and I think that's also a good move. Um, I, I do, too. I think the price point of these will be interesting, too. Um, you know, are they going to be a little bit cheaper than the regular, you know, the, the full Commander 2020 um, suite of pre-constructed decks, or if these are going to be the same? Like you said earlier, Teej, uh, there's fewer new cards in this. Uh, it looks like there are going to be three new cards per deck. So That's right. It was just uh, three. It wasn't even 20. So that's six. Oh, wow. So it's six new cards because there's only two of them. Uh, three, and the rest are reprints. And I'm pretty sure those are going to be the commanders. Uh, I would assume so. I would get it right. Yeah. Uh, uh, because so, then it goes on to say that uh, these decks are full of things to kickstart your commander experience. Like Ikoria Commander, the new cards are themed to the world, and the reprints can be from anywhere. So like you said, Teach, I'm assuming that means that the um, three new cards for each deck are probably going to be the three new commanders that are going to be Zendikar-themed, which, yeah. honestly, I'm excited for, because Zendikar is one of my favorite planes. Uh, so I'm excited to see... I mean, I'm excited for that set in general, although we were just in Zendikar not that long ago with Battle for Zendikar. But uh, I, I'm I'm intrigued and excited to kind of see where they go uh, with these. I am too. I'm, I'm one of those people who... I'm not a big fan of the cards they make specifically for Commander. Um, some of those cards can be a little ridiculous. Uh, em- Eminence was a mistake. Eminence was a mistake. Um, but my Edgar Markov says it's awesome. <laughs> uh, that being said, I do like uh, the Ur Dragon, uh, <laughs> just as a just as a deck, just as a precon. Um, 
But yeah, like some of those things are way too strong. Anything that references your commander or the command zone, anything like that, I don't like those. Um, so I do like things that say for each opponent. I do like things that say for each opponent. So when you have a when you have a set five new decks with seventy brand new cards we've never seen before, uh, that's a lot of made for commander things. So this is a double-edged sword. This They could potentially print some broken things. Um, but on the flip side, uh, one of the examples that they used was uh, going back to Kaladesh, and energy was the big mechanic. We don't have enough energy support at all where one could build a good energy EDH deck. Um, however, if they were doing this back in Kaladesh, one of the decks, since it's themed around the world, this could be the energy deck. Uh, and a lot of the brand new commander cards are cards built specifically for energy to work in EDH, but they're not going to put them in standard. So depending on what the mechanics are in Aquaria, uh, this could actually be a good thing where you get a cool brand new mechanic that we have no support for, uh, but someone's going to want to build an EDH or deck around it. This is a good starting point for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. We're not going to get that problem necessarily with the Zendikar ones because it is only the three new cars, which are probably going to be the commanders. So whatever new mechanic they come up with there. Uh, or they, or or maybe not even a new mechanic. Maybe it's just going to be like Zendikar all over again, uh, minus the Eldrazi. Uh, but it sounds like with the brand new set, with something we've never seen before, they're going to support the commander aspect for it by having these brand new cards in it. And I think that has potential to be good. So I'm excited to see how that goes. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I do like the fact that these uh, these commander decks that come with Zendikar and are replacing those Planeswalker decks uh, have kind of pushed the whole Planeswalker deck thing into the core set, which is where I think they belong uh, if they're going to be releasing the Planeswalker decks. To me, it just makes sense. Uh, you know, they're, they're the easy onboard decks, and we should keep them with, um, you know, the core sets because that's that's the jump on right the the onboarding for new players so i think that's where they belong and i I like to see them there i get the feeling the hell was it my 3d printer is done oh sorry um (laughs) i'm printing squigs i uh i'm not sure they're gonna do planeswalker decks anymore actually Uh, no they they said they are planeswalker decks are also good for learning and we're still doing them for core set 2021 okay okay so yeah, I, I mean, what, are they are they going to do that beyond this summer? You know, I don't know, but they are doing it this summer for uh, 2021. I do anticipate though that this commander thing is going to be a regular thing. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we if we end up doing a brand new plane plus returning plane every year. Uh, we'll get five decks for a brand new plane and then two decks for a returning <clears throat> plane. Yeah, no, I, I, and I at agree some point, with you. Can and, we uh, just straight up have return to return to wherever? <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Just have a mechanic so called same another, old shit. Right? Like, <laughs> cast it go. from your graveyard. Knock <laughs> your library over to cast it again for free. Because who the hell cares? You've been here 14 times. <laughs> SSDD. <laughs> um, yeah, so in addition to all this stuff, now 
instead of signature spell books from Planeswalkers, uh, we're going to be getting Commander Collection, and it's going to be focused on colors instead of you know individual characters from Magic. And the first one that we're getting in 2020 is Commander Collection Green. Now, one of the things that I thought was interesting kind of plays into something that you had already mentioned, Schnell, and that's the fact that you were worried about some of the price gouging that can be done. And so these are eight reprint cards in a box themed to a color. And like I said, this first one is green. Uh, but the interesting thing is that all WPN stores get the regular edition, which contains all eight cards non-foiled. WPN premium stores will get the blinged out premium version, which contains all eight cards in foil. So now you are you are punished as a store and potentially punished based on where you live uh, if you don't want to be gouged probably, you know, insanely on the Internet for what the foil version is going to cost. So I don't like that split. Um, yeah, that's a little, you know, I, I the, and the I see this all the time. They're up. pushing. They're trying to push more stores to go premium, and for the most part, it's run a you know run a lot of events. Which even smaller stores, it's not that difficult to run a lot of events. Uh, one of the things they're pushing is uh, you can't have like in every game store I've ever been to, folding tables, plastic chairs, metal chairs. No, they want like nice wooden tabletops and basically they want you to spend like $20,000 on renovations before you can go premium. And they've even had like uh, almost like a grant program for some of this I've seen through the WPN that yeah if you're going to renovate your store and get like you know 10,000 square feet room filled with mahogany tabletops you can be premium. It's really easy. <laughs> right. It's like eh I'm fine. <laughs> I just got a planer. Maybe I'll start building my goddamn mahogany tables for people. That, <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's cool. I go through enough regular chairs as it is. My my like fancy chair budget is nowhere near there yet. <laughs> Baby steps, right? Yeah. We'll just get uh, Nick Offerman to come and make you chairs and tables. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. <laughs> the, the Ron Swanson Wizards Play Network. <laughs> Which, on that note, by the way, I've made the mistake. I'm not allowed to watch... Parks and Rec in my living room anymore because Nick Offerman's voice apparently is close enough to mine according to Google Home. And, <laughs> that it it. and we were watching we were watching an episode where he's like, Well, I'm gonna have to call the mayor. And then all of a sudden Google's like, for important phone calls, you're gonna have I'm like, what? No, no, don't call the mayor. That'd be great if Google Home called the mayor. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well then it just calls Nichols and it's like, say, what the fuck, Shell, why are you calling me? Nichols is in the background talking. <laughs> what the hell? Did you pocket dial me from your Google? home with <laughs> Nick Offerman's voice? What is happening? That's awesome. Oh, technology. <laughs> uh, we're kind of running up on time, so the last thing, and Bad I honestly time. I think one of the most interesting things uh, that we're getting uh, at the tail end of, of 2020 is we're getting a draftable commander expansion uh, set of booster packs. So this is called Commander Legends uh, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give the kind of lowdown here what wizards how wizards described it because I think it's really interesting. Uh, it's a full set for commander players. It's draft meets commander and it's over 70 brand new legends for you to build decks with. Um, so commander legends has 20 card packs with a foil and two legendary creatures in every single pack. 
Uh, these cards can be from anywhere in space and time in the multiverse and are legal in eternal formats like Legacy, Vintage, and Commander. It's larger than a normal set with oft-asked-for Commander reprints and new cards alike. Tons of beloved planes and characters will be represented, plus many new ones too. So this is, uh, you know, they've already released the art for the new, the new Baron Sanger that we're getting. And, I, you know, we both were, uh, we both, we all you know figured out pretty quickly uh, especially with the help of chanel uh phage was in my head and i was thinking of the right person essentially uh but the new jessica art looks just freaking awesome i'm, I'm pretty excited about that um and then in addition to that we're getting commander legends commander decks so this this set this full set release is coming with two commander decks of its own uh it, and according to wizards they're very similar in philosophy to the ones they're launching for zendikar rising though the decks themselves are plenty different they each feature three new cards not found in draft boosters and the rest are reprints uh this way if you're starting with commander legends and don't have a deck you can go grab one and hop right into the action so you can get one of these pre-cons you can get some of the 20 card boosters and and kind of go and build from there so wizards has been saying it's a great time to be a commander player that's the whole running kind of uh, theme behind this this press release if you will um i'm super excited i think it's going to be absolutely bonkers to draft for commander uh what do you guys think about that i'm always a fan of drafting cards before i play them in other formats just because it gives me an opportunity to play the stuff that i normally wouldn't run in a constructed format and if they're doing draft specific commander stuff i think that like conspiracy Conspiracy was a blast. Yeah. When I hear draftable commander stuff, I just immediately think of conspiracy, and I loved conspiracy, both of them. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to see what they do with this. And like twenty card booster packs. I mean, I guess if you're building a hundred card singleton deck, you kind of have to do that (laughs) uh, just to get more cards kind of in people's hands. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see what these booster packs are priced at. And are we drafting commander decks specifically? Are we just drafting with them and then using the extras for commander? What are their what is, I what think is, it's. What is, I think what is Mark straight Rosewell up. Want me to do with him? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. It'll be. It'll be interesting. Uh, from what clear. I. What I'm okay. thinking is that it's going to be just straight up draft to build a commander deck. Uh, you can supplement if you want, but you don't have to, right? I'm interested to know if these are going to be 24 pack uh, booster boxes or if they're going to be 36 pack booster boxes. Um, and just how many cards are actually going to be in the set and how many of these are going to be reprints that are like commander playable and how many of these are going to be reprints that are just like, well, we need some filler in these, you know, uh, modern master sets. So we're going to, well, just doing the math now, you know, a booster box is about 540 cards, not counting filler. So if you divide it by 20, you get 27 packs that would fit in the same space. So there'll probably be 24 packs to a box? I would imagine sure, it's closer. 24 simply because it's draftable. Right, well, and that's what... draft the thing. Yeah. So that's what Battlebond was. That's what uh, Modern Horizons was. You know, all these all these uh, draft-specific sets. Um, so I, yeah. I would be willing to bet it's 24. I would agree. Or a box. Um, um, yeah. I hope, yeah. That, I hope they don't gouge uh, with the prices on this. I hope that they're, you know, reasonable... You know, it might be a little bit higher because you know maybe they consider it a premium product. Like, yeah, like I, w- uh, I would expect a premium price for this. I would expect this to be one of those ten dollar a pack. Sets. Right. I'm gonna right. I'm gonna guess like six fifty, like somewhere around, like just below Modern Horizons, because I think Modern Horizons would have been like MSRP technically. I think would have been eight bucks. Yeah, roughly. Um, there, there's gonna be there's gonna be 
price gouging. I can tell you this right now. Oh yeah, they're not gonna. Yeah. They're not. I have faith that they know what they're doing with this set because they know what commander players want. They know what cards people want reprinted, and they've promised that uh, these are cards that commander players are going to want to see. Um, and and the naysayers are going to be like, wizards have lied to us before. Uh, I think they know what they're doing with this draftable set. I think there's going to be a lot of really cool things in it that people want, uh, and that's and that's going to drive the prices of this stuff up. Um, but I forgot where I was going with that. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of cool stuff in this. Uh, I'm excited to see what this is. I'm excited to find out if we're drafting a regular 40-card deck or if we're they're expecting us to draft a commander deck. Will they have a, like... Three or four color legendary per pack. Yeah. Well, they they. I wouldn't even be surprised if if you have Part, a you partner have a, may make a uh, comeback too. Then yeah, if that's what yeah. they're going for. Yeah. I actually wouldn't even be surprised if you if if uh, if you have a legendary creature that fits the color identity of your deck, it can start in the command zone. So you have a forty card draft oh, okay. deck that has a commander in it. But if you're required to have a commander, that's going to be iffy. So yeah. it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. I completely agree, uh, and I couldn't be any more excited for it. I think 2020 is going to be a really insane year, a really fun year for commander, and I'm I'm super excited um, to see what what actually shakes out of all this, what actually gets reprinted, how cool the new cards are, and what kind of stuff they're going to pull kind of uh, from the vault, if you will, for you know this Commander Legends draftable set. I'm I'm super excited. Uh, that being said, you know, is there anything else you guys wanted to hit on uh, before we wrapped it up tonight? Your mom! Yeah, I was just going to say if I hit on anyone, <laughs> Becca's going to find out and I'll be in trouble. <laughs> Uh, Tej, I will get you her phone number after the show. I just don't want to broadcast that on the internet. That's right. I already have it. it is oh, there you go. My mother's a saint. <laughs> Tell him you got a hot thing going. I got it from <laughs> Junior. <laughs> Bazinga. Oh God. Uh, well, awesome. We're gonna we'll wrap it up there. Uh, we'll be back. Um, I don't even know what we're going to talk about next time because I was just so excited to plan out this episode and talk about Commander. So we'll find something cool to talk about uh, next Nelson, week. Build, in- a, build a decent standard deck. I will try and replicate my standard deck in either Arena or we'll use Architect and some fancy internet things. And <laughs> you and I will play an online game at some point between our next episode and we will discuss how that game went. Yes, that'll be a blast. Let's do yeah. that. Or just drive like up that. to you know, two rivers. That's true. Whichever yeah, one's that easier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you got it. We will definitely do that. I will I will build that and we will plan it and people will listen to it. <laughs> uh or else. better. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for sitting down with me tonight and talking about my favorite time of the magic year, which now is going to be throughout the year instead of just once a year. And thank you to everyone who uh, tuned in and listened to us this week. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, basically anywhere that, that you consume podcasts. Check out our social channels at Homebrew Magic on Instagram and Facebook. And remember, don't drink and scry. Yerp.